Welcome to the Valley Brook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a sermon entitled Impactful Prayer, diving into how we can move into the new year in prayer. To watch any of our previous messages or find all listening platforms, we encourage you to visit www.valleybrook.cc forward slash on demand. Enjoy. Well, good morning again. Author Anna Bachman left Christianity in her 20s. She walked away from the church. She had spent a lot of time investigating other religions and other spiritual views. And on her Twitter account, she refers to herself as spiritual, but not religious. Recently, she wrote a book about her secular quest for a spiritual life. Now, in her book, she recalls the time in her early 30s when she prayed really hard You see, she was six months pregnant, and she was in the hospital experiencing premature labor pains. A nurse came in with an ultrasound machine, and she waved the ultrasound wand over her belly, and after many minutes of trying, she couldn't detect a heartbeat. A doctor was called in as Bachman, her husband, started to panic. The doctor also could not find a heartbeat, and Bachman writes that immediately she began bargaining and begging and beseeching God to do something. You see, she didn't really believe in God. She didn't believe in a supernatural entity who personally intervenes. But this did not stop her, she writes, from crying out for mercy in my hour of need. Bachman tells the rest of the story, showing that her prayer never was really sincere. When all hope seems lost, praying means you're at least doing something. And after searching in vain for another couple of minutes, the doctor picked up the cord attached to the ultrasound machine and dangled it in front of their eyes. It hadn't been plugged in. Our baby was alive, she wrote, though not because of divine intervention in her words. This made me think about what Mark Twain must have meant when he said, under the circumstances, swearing seemed more apt than prayer. Some might call this incident a miracle. We call her Ruby, she writes. So with Bachman's realization and her experience, we have to ask ourselves, was it answered prayer or just coincidence? Was it just human error or divine intervention? She believes it was just a coincidence. What about you? What's your view on prayer? Do you pray? Do you believe that God answers prayers? Do you believe in the power of prayer? For the past nine months, we've all had a huge issue to pray about. This pandemic that we're living through. I've prayed. I suspect you prayed. I've asked God to destroy this virus using whatever method he chooses. I don't care if it's supernatural or natural. And I believe that millions of people have been praying the same way. And you know what? Over the past couple of weeks, we have seen answers to that prayer with regards to the coronavirus. We have seen that God has worked it out. He's provided for us to have vaccines that work and now are being injected. God is answering our prayers. So unlike Bachma, I believe that God answers prayers. So for followers of Jesus, Jesus who taught us to pray, we should all pray always and often because God desires to hear from us. When we pray, 
It will be impactful. It will impact our relationship with God. It will impact the church. It will impact our church. It will impact our community. It will impact the world. So as we head out of this crazy year into what we hope will be a better year, let's look at how we should pray into this new year. The first thing that we need to do is this, and I suspect you know this already, but I'm going to say it anyway. We need to take everything to God in prayer. The Bible tells us this, give all your worries and cares to God for he cares about you. Some translations say cast all your cares upon God because he cares for you. Now, if you go back into the Greek language and you look at those words, you'll understand something about them. When, it's, when it says in the original language, cast all your cares about onto God, it, it actually means you can throw them onto God. In other words, that God is big enough to shoulder that load, to carry that load. And so we can do that. We can cast whatever prayer requests, whatever concerns, whatever cares we have. And that word that's translated cares in English also can mean anxiety. So we can cast not only our cares, but our anxiety onto God. Because God's shoulders are big enough to hold billions and billions of cares and anxieties and prayers from people all over this world. So this verse tells us that we don't have to be weighed down by what's on our minds, by the things that are making us anxious, for the things that are caring, for the things, the burdens that we're carrying. This verse says we don't have to go through life alone carrying that, that God is real and God is relational and God wants to carry our cares and our anxieties. So how do we do that? We do it by simply telling him. Whether we speak the prayers out loud or we speak them silently, we pray and God hears our prayers. So whatever you're thinking about, Whatever you're stressed out about, whatever you're worrying about, whatever you're going through, good times, bad times, God wants to hear from us. He wants us to pray. So entrust it to the one who is in control of all things. And you can do it anytime, anywhere. This is something that we can do for ourselves. This is something we can do for others. This is something that God wants for us to, to do. He desires to hear us when we pray. I'm going to put a picture up on the screen. It's, it's an amazing picture when you understand the story behind it. This was snapped by a picture. This picture was snapped by somebody who was in the drive through line at Dutch Brothers Coffee on the West Coast. Dutch Brothers is like the Dunkin' Donuts of the West Coast. And in this photo, you see they're at, the, she's taking a picture of something that's going on at the drive through window. And this is what's going on. When the, when the baristas and Dutch Brothers started talking to their customer who was in the drive through line. They realized that she was very emotional, and she started crying. And they said, you know, what's going on? And they learned that her husband had died the previous evening. And so right there in the takeout line at the drive through window, they said, can we pray for you? And she said, yes. And so one barista reached out the window and held her hand, and then others came along, and they put their hands on her. And right there... In a moment in time, they began to cast this woman's cares on God. Isn't that amazing? Isn't it awesome? I mean, here's the big idea. It doesn't matter where you are. You can cast your cares on God 
You can cast somebody else's cares on God. Why? Because he cares for those things. You can do it even at the drive through line. So God desires to hear from us. Here's the second thing we need to understand. We need to be intentional about spending time in prayer. In the Gospel of Luke, we read this about Jesus' own prayer habits. It says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Think this through. Jesus, the Son of God, God incarnate in the flesh, was intentional about praying to God the Father. He decided on a plan which included a specific time and a specific place and in a specific context. Now, Jesus was intentional about praying early in the morning. That was his plan, but you don't have to be intentional about praying in the morning. You can make your plan and you can pray at whatever time of day is best for you. And here's the thing, God's going to hear you. So make that decision. Now, for me, I've always been a morning person, and, and so every morning I get up, I pull out my Bible, I do some reading, I spend some time in praying, and oftentimes early in the week, I'm praying about the message that I'm going to bring to you on a Sunday morning. So early this past week, I was praying and asking God to guide me and to give me inspiration on this message that I would bring for you. And then as I pulled out my Bible, I was reading through the book of Colossians, and here's the first verse that I come to. It says, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. God answered my prayer that morning. This verse is exactly what I've been talking about. God wants us to devote ourselves to a regular habit of prayer where we engage our minds and we pour out our hearts to God with all thankfulness. Just take a moment and think about this. We use the word devote ourselves to something without really thinking about what it means. So if you go to the dictionary, the, the word devote means to give all or part of one's time or resources to something. So that's what we're supposed to do. Devote our time to God in prayer. Now, in other translations of the New Testament, uh, some versions translate this not as uh, devote, but to be persistent or to never give up or to continue steadfastly. But it's this idea to give ourselves completely to God in prayer. And that's the importance of talking to God in prayer. It's supposed to be a regular, constant, and consistent part of the life of a follower of Jesus. Prayer is how we build a relationship with God. And just like any relationship that we have with another person, if you want that relationship to grow, you're going to have to spend time with that person. You're going to have to communicate with that person. You're going to have to let them know what's on your heart, what's on your mind. So when it comes to God, we have to make a plan to spend time with God every day. So let me just summarize what we've learned thus far. When it comes to praying, we should take everything in our lives to God in prayer. And we should be intentional about praying to God regularly. But how do we pray? If we, if we want to know how to pray, we have to do one important thing. 
And this is what it is. We need to partner with God in prayer. What do I mean by that? Let me explain it. When Jesus gave his disciples a method of how to pray, what he specifically said was, this is not what I want you to pray, but he said this, this then is how you should pray. How, not what. And then he went on and he gave this sample of how we should pray. And I'll read it to us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, we know this prayer as the Lord's Prayer or maybe as the Our Father Uh, And many of us have learned to memorize this prayer. And occasionally we may repeat it back to God from memory. And oftentimes what we do is we look at this prayer as what to say to God in prayer. And because we memorize it, oftentimes we can pray it to God word for word without actually engaging our minds or even our hearts in that prayer time with God. But I hope we see the distinction about what Jesus is talking about. He said, this is how you should pray, not what you should say. Now, as I say that, listen, I know many of us have memorized this prayer, and we've prayed it, and uh, in some churches we prayed it with some extra words. In the Protestant church, there's some extra phrases that were put on the end of this prayer that we've learned by rote. Um, And and it can be prayed back to God word for word, and that's okay. But when we do it, we actually need to engage our hearts and our minds in in praying that. But let's look at it from the standpoint of how Jesus said it's supposed to be prayed. He said this is how you should pray. So we're going to look at that. And when we understand that this is how we should pray, then what we're seeing is God is asking us to partner with him in prayer. You see, we ask God to do things. And when we ask God to do things, we need to lean in as followers of Jesus and follow him and allow him to work in our lives, to work his will out in our lives. Now, When I was a young Christian, I saw a sign because it was a place that I frequented. And on this sign, there was a picture of a couple of people in a rowboat, and they were rowing the boat in a specific direction. And then there was a phrase on that sign, and it said, pray to God, but row toward shore. Pray to God, but row toward shore. And when I saw that sign, I said, wow, that that sounds like you don't have faith. You know, like, like in other words, you, got, you can pray, but you better take charge of this and you better row towards shore. But then I grew in my faith and I began to realize this, is that yes, we're supposed to pray to God, but I also realized that we're supposed to be living our lives and doing the things that God calls us to do. We're supposed to be willing to do the things that God has given us the intelligence to do as we follow him. And we have to be willing to let him work in our lives to answer those prayers that we pray. Maybe even to use us to answer those prayers that we're praying. Let me give you an example. 
Let's say you're praying for a friend or a family member to come to faith in, in Christ. Do you just sit back and, and never do anything? No. If you're asking God to, share, to bring somebody that you love and care about to faith in him, as a follower of Jesus Christ, you need to share with them about your faith. You need to be a good witness. You need to recognize how you're encouraging them and make sure you're not encouraging them to take that step of faith. You see, we need to partner with God when we pray. We need to be willing to let him work things out supernaturally in ways that we could never imagine or to work through people, through his sons and daughters to answer those prayers. So let's go back to the Lord's Prayer and look at how Jesus told us to pray. I'm just going to go through it phrase by phrase. The first thing Jesus said to pray of how to pray was to start off with worship. He said, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So Jesus was saying, when you pray, this is how you should pray. When you bring requests to God, you need to recognize that you're actually worshiping God. You are saying that he's holy, that, that he's greater than anything else, that his name is holy. It's worthy of being worshiped. And so when we enter into prayer, we're actually saying, God, you're worthy of being worshiped. You're worthy of taking care of these cares, these anxieties, these requests that I'm going to ask you to take care of. Then Jesus moves on. And he adds this phrase, your kingdom come, your will be done. Now think about this. When you're praying for God's kingdom to come and his will to be done, you must recognize that you need to be a part of seeing God's kingdom come and his will be done on earth. When you pray your will be done to God, and you're not living your life according to God's will, then you're not doing what you're asking God to do. You need to recognize that you're asking for his will to be completed in this world, and you need to be following his will for your life. That's partnering with God. This comes through loud and clear with the next phrase that Jesus says, when you pray, thy kingdom come, your will be done. Then he says, on earth as it is in heaven. Whatever God is doing in heaven, he wants to do on this earth. And he wants to use his followers, his sons and daughters, to be a part of what he wants done here on earth. So each of us needs to ask ourselves, am I willing to be part of God's plan to see his will done on the earth? And then Jesus continues with this phrase, Give us today our daily bread. Now that prayer has huge implications. This prayer means that we're going to trust God to be our provider. You see how that prayer requires us to partner with him? We're going to say, God, I'm not going to try to do this on my own. I'm going to actually trust that you're going to provide for me. And there's something else going on in that prayer if you haven't noticed. When Jesus taught us how to pray, he wasn't showing you how to pray just for yourself. Jesus is using third-person pronouns. Jesus is telling us to pray for God's provision for all people. So as we trust God for our daily bread, our daily provision, understand that God would like to see us be his hands and his heart and his feet 
in providing for others. In the next part of the prayer, Jesus tells us that we're supposed to ask God forgiveness. He says this, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Now, the partnership with God is quite clear here. If you've ever wanted to be forgiven of your sins, you need to recognize that you're supposed to forgive those who have sinned against you without condition, no matter what. And in fact, when Jesus ends teaching us how to pray, this is what he says about forgiveness. He says, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. So this phrase, forgive us our debts as we've also forgiven our debtors, makes it crystal clear that Jesus is teaching us how to pray and showing us that our prayers are not just words, Rather, our prayers actively ask us to engage in doing what God wants us to do, which is to forgive others. And then Jesus concludes this prayer with the phrase, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So we have to ask ourselves, if we're asking God to not lead us into temptation and to deliver us from evil, Are we inviting God's spirit that he's poured out into us to actively lead us away from sin and the things that tempt us? God will deliver us from evil and temptation by his spirit's leading, but then we need to actively follow the spirit's leading away from those temptations, away from the things that cause us to sin. So let me make sure you understand what I'm saying. We don't answer our prayers, but when we pray, we are to open our hearts to God and what he wants to do in our lives and through us. So when we understand this way that we work in prayer with God, partnering with him, let me ask you a couple of questions. What would happen if you made prayer a priority in 2021? What would happen if you took everything to God in this coming year? What would happen if you were intentional daily about praying in this new year? What would happen if the body of Christ, if every single one of us who calls Jesus our Lord and Savior, if we would partner with God to see his will done and his prayers, the prayers that we pray answered according to his will in this new year? Amazing things would happen. Look, I want to challenge you as we move into this new year to be people of prayer, to spend time daily praying to God, inviting him to work in your lives. You've seen how Jesus teaches us how to pray, so follow his example and lean into that prayer relationship with him every day. Now, now here at Valleybrook, we do something every January to help us kick off the year in prayer. It's called 21 Days of Prayer. And in the past years when we've done 21 Days of Prayer, we've had people gather on our campus and either in the morning or the evening and we've spent 21 consecutive days gathering for prayer. But you know we're in the middle of a pandemic and we can't do that the way that we've done it in the past. So I want to encourage you later on today to go to our website, valleybrook.cc and look on the 
site where it says 21 days of prayer. And you're going to find some of the things that I'm going to share with you right now. The first thing you'll find is a link for a daily devotional that can help you guide yourself through those times of prayer during these 21 days. So there's 21 daily devotions there. But as I said, we're going to do things differently this year. Um, we're not going to have 21 days of Zoom prayer in a row. We think that that would probably uh, turn you off to prayer after a while. So we're going to have three days during the 21 days where you can gather here on campus, but we'll also stream it virtually. And we'll have those days, and you can find those specific dates on our website. We'll also have three days of specific prayer times in a Zoom setting, and you can find out more of that on our website. But here's what I'm really excited. We've asked people from Valley Brook to... Uh, record themselves doing a daily devotion and we're going to post it on our website and we're going to open up a Valley Brook 21 Days of Prayer Facebook group and we invite you to join it. And so anytime during the day on those 21 days, you can go to Facebook, you can listen to that devotional and you can ask for your prayers to be prayed for. You can engage in prayer and type them back in and you can fully participate in this. So we're providing a way to do it virtually, to do it in person, and to continue in our tradition of 21 days of prayer. Why? Because we believe if you do this, you will begin to create a habit. A habit of not just doing the same old thing rote by rote, time after time, day after day, but actually engaging your hearts and your minds in prayer. And that's what God wants us to do, to engage with him. So I want to challenge you to engage in that in these 21 days of prayer to find out more by going to our website. And I'm actually going to pray for us right now to do that. And as I do so, would you just please stand as we move into prayer? Father, we thank you so much that you call us into a relationship with you and you call us to engage in that relationship by casting our cares on you, by, by giving you our prayers. And so, Lord, we want to do that. And as we begin this 21 days of prayer, beginning on January 1st, Lord, I pray that you would draw us into that relationship with you in a way that we've never been before. That we would be persistent in our daily prayers, that we would just pour out our hearts to you, and that we would develop that connection with you that would take us beyond those 20 days, that it would become part of our relationship with you, where we would grow closer to you, and that we would partner with you in seeing prayers answered through us and through your Holy Spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our sincere hope that it has blessed you. For more information, visit our website at www.valleybrook.cc.